He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 69 of the Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Barry O'Hanrahan and I'm joined today again by Will Griffith. Hi Will. Hi guys, how's it going? Um, I'll just reply, reply for everyone, it's going great. Oh great, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, on behalf of James who is currently sunning himself on the Amalfi Coast in Italy on his honeymoon. Congratulations James, it was awesome. a great weekend. I didn't get an invite but you know, yeah. not part of the gang yet. Yeah, it, James is also great, <laughs> sending us photos of... Um, just ridiculous Random hotels and stuff like you know yeah yeah stupidly amazing coastline and stuff you just don't want to see when you're sitting here in Ireland was the wedding good uh, yeah it was fantastic yeah, really enjoyable um, first weekend off golf I've had in a long time as well feels kind of strange yeah but uh, yeah I got back into it yesterday went to four golf to get fitted for my woods um, and we'll sure we'll get to that in a little minute yeah, yeah. Um, thanks to everyone who's kind of got in touch with us this week with a few people contacting us uh, the first one that's kind of caused our heads to just be scratched uh, permanently for the last few days is what, what came in by Peter McNally it was an email um, bit of a story to lead into it but uh, the the end result was um, he, he was playing his friend in match play and his friend had to hit a provisional wall the on approaching the green they found the friend's first ball and the provisional was sitting on the green they weren't 100% sure it was a provisional on the green, but they were reasonably sure it was a provisional. His friend hit the first ball without lifting the provisional off the green. The first ball cannoned off the provisional and into the hole. So Peter was asking us what the what we thought the story was. So we've, ah. we've, uh, we've been in a bit of trouble because we could make logical arguments <laughs> for many, many different uh, well, I, things. Um, when Barry actually t- asked me the, the question, uh, I my first response was that uh, it was good because of the fact that I automatically thought that because it was match play, mm. that it was the responsibility of the opponent to ask the guy playing the so, ball to move his provisional off the green mm-hmm. or to go up and confirm that it was provisional and whilst he was up on the green, remove it. So, you know... Therefore, that once the ball wasn't moved or asked to be moved, that if it happened to hit off the ball and went in the hole, it was good. It was fine. If I was playing you, I'd be dropping golf balls everywhere to help me out. See, that, that's the <laughs> other side of it. Like, you know, but, you know, the fact of the matter is that, you know, having looked into it a little bit, that, you know, and when I say looked into it a little bit, made phone calls and whatnot to various people. Yeah. Uh, that, um, and by the way, just to, before I go any further, we still don't have an answer. No. No. So this is all, you know, what other people think that, but according to the rules of golf, that the, you know, the, the ball is out of play. A provisional ball, once you yeah. find the original ball, is out of play. Provisional's dead, yeah, but does it have to be lifted? Does it have to course? be lifted, or do you have to walk up the 50 yards to the green to lift the ball? Yeah, there's like a reasonable expectation thing. It's like, you know, should I really have to walk all the way up there? It's, it's a it's, mess. Okay, so like, the, you know, so in the, you know, this has really been kind of annoying us and kind of going, one person says one thing, another person says the other. Right. Um realistically what we have is we have a contact name and number for a rules official 
who um, is has officiated, let's say, down in the Ryder Cup uh, in the K Club. Um, so we intend to get in contact with this particular person by email. And torture him. And torture yeah. him. <laughs> uh, and we will hopefully have an official answer uh, for both, let's say, medal play and stroke, uh, match play, yeah, if there is be interesting. if there is a difference. Uh, so unfortunately, Peter, is it? Yeah, Peter. Peter yeah. Unfortunately, Peter, we don't have an answer to your question right now. Uh, if it was up to me, I would say that whatever happens within a match play match happens within a match play match, and once it's agreed by both parties, that it's fine. But they, they didn't agree. <laughs> oh, they did. No, but prior to it, yeah, so like yeah. for example, if uh, if his Peter's opponent had to turn around and said, "Do you want me to go up and get that provisional ball?" and then let's say Peter said, "Nah, it's fine." Yeah. You know, because it's a one in a million chance that it's going to hit the ball and go into the hole. You know, the kind of well, I don't know if it's actually one in a million. It's probably higher than that for yeah, us amateurs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so. Um, but anyway, we will come back to you. It's a, you know, it's a noodle scratcher. As yeah. someone told me this morning, Rob out in the golf club, I was talking to him and he was like, uh, yeah, that's a noodle scratcher. So that's what we're putting it down to at the moment. We're yeah. going to scratch our noodles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, painfully. Uh, listen, congrats, Peter, for torturing us and many other people in our Yeah, well lives. done, Peter. <laughs> Good one. Um, we got a tweet from Ask Jay Begley about, to ask about the changes we've made over the years that have worked and maybe the ones that haven't worked so much. So you had a good one, actually. Well, Thank yeah. You. Now I know Jay Begley, uh, James. I I I known him for years. Um, good guy, nice golfer. And uh, thanks for your tweet, James. Uh, there was one in particular that um, happened to me a few years ago. I was battling around the handicap of about between sixteen and eighteen handicap, and I, you know, I was at that stage where I knew I could hit a big ball hmm. because obviously you know, two out of 10 shots were going quite big, you know, let's say 270, 280 yards, but it was a two out of 10 shot. Uh, this is off the tee primarily. Uh, so it was funny because I went into uh, a guy called Marcus who um, is working out in Glen the Downs and I went in with my driver to get it re-gripped and he looked at, he said, yeah, no problem. And he looked at the grip and he turned around to me and he goes, by any chance do you slice the ball? He didn't say fade. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said slice. Yeah, Marcus doesn't muddle his words. No, he doesn't. It was a straightforward question. I turned around and said, I do. And I said, I have no idea why. You know, I I think it's because I'm hitting, like I'm trying to hit the ball too hard or, you know, I'm moving ahead of the ball. And he goes, no. He said, your grip is wrong. Okay. Now, to me, I didn't realize that at this stage, I didn't realize how important grip was. I thought I had a good grip. Mm. Um, And I did have a good grip. But the problem was that in the middle of my swing, so I was setting up with a nice grip at, at start off, but in the middle of my swing, my right hand was completely opening up on the grip. So I was taking my hand, let's say, off the grip. You were loosening it. I was loosening it yeah. completely, and my right hand was moving to the right. Mm-hmm. It was turning clockwise. It was turning right clockwise. Hand, yeah, so it was opening it, yeah. Yeah, so it was opening the face of the club realistically, right? But I didn't realize I was doing it until Marcus said it to me. So... Um, the one thing that, you know, he said to me at that stage was he said, okay, I'll regret the club. He said, then what I want you to do for your own benefit, he said, would be to just concentrate on maybe gripping the club a little bit harder and keeping your thumbs straight down the grip. Mm. So completely going to a neutral, neutral grip just to see if it made any difference. Um, so it was funny cause I got the club back and then within two weeks I'd been cut three shots just by doing that. So I went from being a 16 handicapper down to, let's say, a 13 handicapper just by doing that. So for any of you guys that are out there 
who may be having problems with a massive slice. Now, it might not work for everyone, yeah, yeah. but this was working for me. But that was the fix for you. It was the fix for yeah. me, yeah. So, um, so it's just an important setup is. Well, that was setup. it. Because like, I had the right stance, I had the right, you know, everything was right, mm. except for the fact that I was wrong in my in my grip. And the grip was too loose and everything was yeah. going a little bit wrong. And so. that causes all parts here body to go like your muscles to move in the wrong way for the swing but it wasn't even the, the biggest thing was the fact that because of that and as I always thought I find this comment by Phil Mickelson you know he said if you play with a fade or a slice he says the further you aim left the further the ball is going to go right yeah, yeah, yeah okay so for example what was happening to me was that I was then because I was slicing the ball I'm going to say slice yes you were I was trying further. to compensate and I was further aiming out left. Yeah. So, for example, in Glen of the Downs, the second hole is a big dog leg right. Third hole is a big, you know, an out of bounds so, on the yeah, right. So you're you're, right you're starting right. to look towards aiming at 30, 35 degrees was, left. And then you're chopping across yeah, the ball to make right back across. for it. Yeah, yeah. So oh, then all of a sudden... I, I, know, was, the, I know the feeling. I suffered yeah. that for years. So then all of a sudden I was putting my two thumbs down the middle of the shaft yeah. or the grip. And then I was able to aim my normal aim and just hit it down the fairway. And because of the fact that I'd made changes... I was wary of it and I slowed down my swing a good bit mm. whilst I was doing it and that helped an awful lot as well. So just, yeah, it was one thing being like, knocked on to the next thing. Yeah, like, yeah. now I'll come Don't back to it later on because I, I'll be doing a little bit of an update on the Irish Open but mm. swing speed is massive. Uh, what I mean by that is tempo. Oh, the tempo, yeah. The yeah, tempo yeah. and rhythm but I'll come back to that because it was like a dream up there in the Irish They're Open. So come back. Yeah, there was, that, was, that, was, that was one, maybe one of the things I was going to talk about in relation to Jay Bagley's tweet. Like yeah. that was one, one thing that got me kind of on the path towards playing a little bit better golf was tempo. A pro told me you can swing as hard as you want on the way down if your tempo is correct to get to to get to the point where you're, you know, uncoiling the swing. So he yeah. said, don't worry. Like you can swing 150 miles an hour, but you get the tempo right, you can do that. If you get the tempo wrong, then it's all going to go to pieces. Yeah, of course. So that was that was a good thing, you know, and when things go wrong, it's generally my tempo goes, or, you know, and that's that's a, a core kind of thing that goes wrong for me. The other one was kind of an approach, in, in the the manner of hitting the ball got me, got my swing to kind of do the right thing. So I never realized that the... Like when you're really looking at it, uh, the club will hit the ground after it struck the ball. Yeah. So um, I never really fully understood when it comes to irons and say fairway woods that you know the club should be on a descending path when it actually hits the ball. Yeah. It should be and then, down and then yeah, the divot should start after, after the ball. So to to kind of get my head around that, I started aiming at the front of the ball, which is kind of weird, but you know. It, it kind of adjusted me into getting the the right swing swing plane to actually hit the ball correctly. Yeah. You know, sit out every so often, but um, it's a good little that was a good little trick for my mind to get me hitting the ball the right way and getting better ball flight to work. So anyway, um, well, I've got one more actually. That's that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's a little insight into my crazy golf mind. Oh, but you were all changes. We all have little changes yeah. and we go every week. Things every week, but yeah. there's one other big thing that for me, James, or for uh, for everyone out there, was the fact that. People at our levels, you know, amateurs, they, they they always, you know, well, for me anyway, they they think about different shots in their head. So they're thinking about, oh, I'm going to set up for a big draw here or I'm going to mm -hmm. set up for a big fade, you know, thinking that they can do it, right? Now, you might be able to do it in your mind, but you have to tell your body that you want to do it. So another big thing that was going on, and it still happens every now and then, and, you know, this is one of the big things for, you know, the pro golfers is, you know, they call it the double cross, but... 
this is a smaller, like bring it back a little step, is that what people sometimes do and what I do is that you, you think to yourself, I'm going to set up for a draw. Now, what you do is you aim your feet for a draw, but you aim your shoulders straight. Ah, so it's poor setup plate. again. Then. It's poor setup. Yeah. Like poor setup. So what you're doing is you're actually, you, your mind is saying one thing, but your body is saying the other. Mm. So what you have to make sure when you're hitting the golf shot is that if you're aiming for a draw, or if you're aiming for the right-hand side of the fairway with your feet, mm-hmm. that you have to make sure that your shoulders are parallel with your... Yeah, your knees, hips, and shoulders. Yeah. Are all in a line. Because I know for myself, the one big thing is that I might have a good round of golf going, and next thing I, I get a little bit cocky in myself, and I turn around and say, going, oh, I'm hitting the ball really well. Um, it actually happened to me yesterday, and I set up for the right... It was out actually playing in Woodbrook, and I set up for the right-hand side of the fairway um, to kind of pull it in around... And my shoulders were completely out to the left. So I, my body was completely all over the place. And there was nowhere for the club to yeah. go. So even making contact with the golf ball was an but, achievement at that stage. No, but I didn't even... Yeah. Like, I knocked it down. Oh, okay. You know that kind of way. So, like, that's what's going to happen. And then, But it's it, it's knowing what the problem was mm. that you can, you know... So the next one I got up and I made sure I did, you know, again. And then it was back to normal. But that's another big thing. Make sure that you're... Your your head and your body are saying the same thing. Yeah, I think I say like looking at your, like your grip. You know, get, make sure your setup is good and consistent. Yeah. And, you know, and work at it. I think it's something we all. It's easy to slip out of the habit of a good setup. You know, you can get just lazy for a little second or lose a little bit of focus, and you just haven't put yourself in the right position to start the swing. So, what are the chances of you making a good swing when you're not in the right starting position? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've got just I've got, stupid golf. <laughs> I've got two little things just for people to remember. Very quickly. Very quickly. Okay. One is that for um, for your golf swing, and this is something that uh, one guy told me, when you're swinging, remember that you have a metal pole going through your body. So your body can only rotate around the pole. It can't move left or right. Okay, that's one thing. Another person told, told me that it's the same It's mm-hmm. the same mentality, but imagine that you've got a, um, a metal spike. If you're left-handed, yeah. if you're right-handed yeah, golfer, yeah, yeah. you have a metal spike that's pointing into the right, to your left, left leg just to stop you sliding yeah, laterally. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. if you slide, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be porked with the yeah, yeah. With the spike. I, told, I think I told well, you. You tell me that one. Yeah, was it? Yeah. yeah. So they're just two things. Is that like you know? I like the metal pole thing because you're you're, you're sliding around a pole. You're not like mm. moving left, right, and I'm obviously moving my shoulders here. But anyway, that's just a couple of little things. So I think I think it's good to some people are visual. They like kind of. Thoughts like that, you know. Yeah. Um, others are more technical. They want to know exactly the reason Why behind it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely talk to people a lot more knowledgeable than us and on the subject. Like, definitely grab a pro if you're struggling with anything because yeah. they they'll be able to see and spot these things in seconds. Oh, of course. Much like Marcus, you know, Marcus isn't a pro, but he's a very good golfer and has huge experience. And he was able to tell from just looking at your grip on yeah. your golf club what was going on with your but game. It's it's like so, anything. It's the funny so, thing is that you can always spot everyone can... else's mistakes, but you can't spot your own. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. S- speaking of which, um I, I was a little bit insightful yesterday but had an awful lot more help from the club fitter in four golf, Dave. Oh yeah. And he, he, golf, yeah. Um, so I went out there a bit early, got you know, got warmed up. I haven't played in a week so I'm haven't been playing great recently, so I was a little bit worried. But anyway, I managed to get a few okay shots away before the session, and in I went with Dave, and I know if we went, I was getting fitted for wood, so I'm going to get a, we're trying to see what gaps I needed to fill in my bag, whether I needed to get a hybrid and a fairy wood, um, and a driver ultimately, or what we had to do. So anyway, went through a load of hitting, um, Dave kind of helped me iron out a few of the bad things, I told him what was going wrong, and he said, well, okay, well, this is what's happening, and, and I like to understand what's happening, because that helps me process and fix what's going wrong, so I was reverse pivoting and not striking down on the ball, and 
so he kind of helped give me a couple of little things to get me back in the right direction. We started hitting the ball better anyway. So there, there, certainly there was a trend towards pulling pulling shots. Everything was in a kind of a pull direction, but not so much that it can't be fixed, which was nice. Oh, anyway, this 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 all this all helped kind of lead us towards where we get at what club I ended up getting. So we settled on for now a three wood, which is a sixteen and a half degree tailor made or fifteen, and this has the Aldila Alpha seventy gram stiff shaft in it. This is one of the more uh, I think it's, he said it was a low torque shaft, so it's extremely stable. So it won't give it won't give me max distance but i don't struggle for distance i can swing the club i'm quite tall i can swing the club at quite a decent speed the distance is usually fine um this is a very stable shaft to keep things very straight for me you know i won't be able to put too much right to left or left to right spin on the ball uh, which is great that's ultimately what i need now i got fitted for a shaft for my driver as well i think i might pick that up it's it's not too much money versus the price of a new driver so I think I mean the, the head on the R11S head is quite good. I asked him about it and he said no, it'll do you fine for another while until you have to whatever four hundred euro to buy a new driver, yeah, um, yeah. which are quite expensive. But anyway, so that's good. I'm really happy. We ultimately decided I don't need a hybrid based on the distance I hit my. I have a three iron in the bag, so the distance of my four iron was averaging about one ninety nine to two oh four, which is good. And he said if you can hit your three iron off the tee and go even further than that, said, why do you need a hybrid? You know hybrid's not going to give you that much more distance over three or four iron he said work on hitting them better off the fairway and you won't need a hybrid you know so he said let's get this three wood it, and the reason we went for the or 15 is he said it's the most adjustable driver out there and he said the face is really good it's one of the best woods that um taylor made have brought out and based on conditions in the day like say it's a very windy day he goes you can just turn down the loft a bit and make you know de-loft it or if it's a nice warm day with very um you know, very calm breezes. He said, you know, turn up that loft, let the ball just fly, get it up yeah. in the air, you know. And if, if you're starting to develop a tiny fade or a tiny draw, you can move the sliding weight position. So we went through a load of different woods like Titleist and Callaway, hit a few from Callaway and didn't go near the ping one, actually. I, don't, I think the adjustability, the lack of adjustability in that was the thing that killed it. So anyway, again, they've done a sterling job and it's coming just in time for our visit to Karn in less than three weeks for the Pro-Am. Brilliant. So uh, it'd be nice to be able to just go after the par fives. I'm dying for that because I've, I've been missing this for a while in my bag. So it's, it's another little piece of the puzzle. Great. Yeah, uh, to be deconstructed by my very weird golf swing. But ah. anyway... <laughs> So this, yeah, thanks again, the lads of Four Golf. I can't, I literally cannot sing their praises anymore. They are just amazing. Yeah, I must go out and have a look at this, you know, um, sometime when I have yeah. a couple of quid, like you know, looking out to to spend on golf. Do you know what? Interestingly, I looked at the price of the R15 in, let's just say, a couple of the well, better known retailers here in Ireland for golf clubs. The price I am actually getting it with Four Golf. Um, for the club itself now is less than their list price in the stores now I did pay there was a fit the fitting fee for the one, the one hour which is 100 euro but now I have the knowledge about what I need for a driver yeah, yeah. and I'm getting this so you know I get that expertise you're going to pay a doctor for a doctor's visit I'm paying a, effectively a golf, a, doctor. a golf doctor yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so I'm more than happy to do that anyway listen we should get move on with things oh, yeah, okay. um some in- interesting stuff. So the Anthony Kim, do you remember Anthony Kim? I sent you a couple of the articles on him a yeah, couple yeah. weeks back and the elusive Anthony Kim that's kind of hiding away in the background. And One of the it, most talented and best golfers oh, around. Brilliant, yeah. Like really exciting. Extra cup player, you know, yeah. had it all. 
Now, he got injured, and he basically, it all boils down to, if he goes back to playing professional golf, he won't get his insurance payout, which is apparently quite a substantial amount of money. But he's been spotted playing golf here, there, and everywhere. And just a little thing we saw in the news there, he, a round with him sold for $24,500 in an auction in Oklahoma from, I think it was a town that he went to college in. So it's just like he's... Was he Oklahoma State, was he? Well, obviously, if you sorry, don't do that. That's outside my notes. Sorry, sorry, very sorry. <laughs> I just, sorry. I just put it down as a little headline. Uh, it would, like, it just shows you know, plenty of interest in the guy, and I'm sure oh, he was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, you know, like he was one of the upcoming legends of the game. Like he mm. could just he and he had such a great attitude. He was real bouncy around the golf course. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I remember like even the, he was playing Ryder Cup against I think Sergio um, once upon a time, and he was kicking the proverbial. Poo poo, yeah, yeah, Sergio, <laughs> and like it, it, the Americans just loved him. He was he, like the new American dream, you know. The he kind of he just had that fire in him. It was kind of like a mix of Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed. You know? Yeah, he just, did. You know, yeah, super, super talented, but he had that fire and kind of he got the crowd going, you know, the yeah. kind of way, but in a, in a nice way, rather than putting the finger up to the mouth and telling the crowd to shush. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Reed style, <laughs> more more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty good. Definitely get on to. I think it's a Jeff Shackelford articles on Anthony Kim. They're really interesting. Just a good little story. Yeah. Um, a husband and wife made consecutive holes on one on the same hole last week. Typical there woman. in in, Mich- in Michigan. So wouldn't give her crazy. husband his day. Like. <laughs> Whatever, it's a 12,500 to one shot. Apparently the odds of the two, two members of the same group making a hole in one on the same hole, the same day, blah, blah, in the same group is 26 million to one. So, um, well, yeah. Is that what the odds are? 12,500 to one to get a hole in one? So they say, yeah. I, have you ever got one? I have. Yeah, I yeah. got one. Yeah. I didn't see it go in. It was a awesome. uphill par three into the blinding sun and we actually thought the ball might have been lost. Yeah. So, it's nice. Oh, it looked amazing! Yeah, it really is good. It was yeah. a bit it was a bit weird though because I didn't know where the ball was, and all of a sudden, like Bobby, who used to be on the show, yeah, yeah, he's now now crossing California. Well, I was actually back here in Dublin for a few days, but yeah, over in California, getting some lovely sun and golf over nice. there. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was the one that actually walked by the hole and just I said, Bob, why are you going by the hole there? Have just a look checking. in. Yeah, yeah. He goes, your ball's in here. And I go, oh, Bobby, Bobby's pretty dry, so I said, yeah. no way, this is not happening. So uh, actually, yeah, it was a bit weird, but yeah, it's there and. It's a nice feeling. I actually, because mine was actually, uh, uh, I actually saw mine going in. Ah, bounce, bounce, hole. So we were able to celebrate on the tee. That's what you need to do, I think. You know, yeah. looking away, it's like, bang, yes! Yeah, you yeah. know, and I screamed like a little girl. I could be heard. <laughs> like, people told me they could hear me, like, all the way around the rest of the golf course. Brilliant. It was a, a nine-hole in Sutton, you know, yeah, so... Yeah. But they they could hear me like way out through the side of the course. They were like, <laughs> someone after like dying. So he's torturing and he's Peter car crash evil. on the course. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, great feeling and uh, fair play to the two of them. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, the, to get to do that, like you know, they can wait and to co- call co- it. Yeah, and costing themselves two rounds of drinks in the bar. Uh, but I've called hole in ones all the time. But I've never got one. Have you? As in, like, oh, I'm gonna get old one here. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, so for the for the lady to actually get up and say, "I'm gonna do it." Oh no, yeah, that was gas, isn't it? Just not be beaten by her husband. Yeah, yeah. you gotta love that. Tiger Woods was spotted doing a little bit of practice at Chambers Bay. Uh, got a couple of rounds in. Apparently, doing an awful lot of kind of pitching and chipping around the greens. Um, these pros seem to be kind of maybe taking Mike Davis's advice. A little bit get, more serious. Getting, yeah, getting the practice runs in and just sneaking over there to uh, the Northwest. And yeah. 
It's uh, I'm it really, funny. It was funny. Really like, looking forward to this storm because the, the photos are starting to filter out. You know, here and oh, there, an awful lot more. Stuff. Yeah, it looks stunning. But it was um, like I don't I don't agree to Chambers Bay too much. But mm. this is just a comment that GMAC made over the, the the course of the week, and he turned around and he you know he was talking about the Irish Open, and he just said that. Uh, it can only stand to people who played in the Irish Open going over to play in the US Open because oh, yeah. the conditions, the course, the weather, everything will actually probably make mm. the US Open be a little bit easier. Oh, after, yeah, after playing the Irish, Open. the Irish Open. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of way. So for anyone bar McElroy who actually played in the Irish Open, because McElroy really didn't play in the Irish Open, they should obviously have an advantage. I think so. Going yeah. out, because they'll have played in that tough conditions and having to get that mindset of Lynx mm. golf back into your head. Yeah, anyway, that's sort of the low shots aside of that. Yeah, another absolutely. conversation for another day, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, if anyone wants to hear a little bit more um, Chambers Bay conversation, I was on the No Laying Up podcast last week. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the lads had me on for a little bit of Irish Open insight and a crazy chat and a little bit of a look forward to Chambers Bay as well. So that was good fun. Great. Really enjoyed that. Um, and also, if anyone isn't following them on Twitter, one of the best Twitter accounts out there for golf, it's at No Laying Up. Um, brilliant, brilliant. Really, yeah. just, they just, they, uh, they're just on the money on a lot of things. Uh, very, very witty. Love it. Nice plug there, Barry. Well done. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Rory has a new girlfriend. Uh, yeah, controversial. Controversial. Yeah. Is this what kind of distracted him last week? No, 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 no. no. The controversy is the, is the fact that supposedly he met her three weeks before the wedding invitations got sent out. Oh, yeah. no, they do. Was this is this is the same girl that helped him make the tea time in um, the Ryder, the Ryder Cup. Cup in twenty twelve and he overslept. Yeah. So and so this is what it, yeah this this could be one of the things that triggered the the, the invitations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, freaking him <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry. sorry yeah, was it the twenty twelve or the twenty fourteen? Twenty fourteen. It was last year. It was one. last year. Well, this is what I. Uh, this is what I believe. Uh, no, I think she was part weeks. of. She was part of obviously the uh, the one in Medina. Yeah, and um, because obviously was, he came out and he said that she she had helped him. It was the twenty twelve one because it was in the states. It was in the states. Went, yeah, yeah. So through the PGA, but well, sure, he only split up with Caroline last year. Yeah, but supposedly, like the, there was a rumor going out last last week to oh, say okay. that you know as soon as he announced that he yeah, had a girlfriend, yeah, yeah. you know the the rumor mill is going to start, and it was a case of like he only actually there's rumors going around that he actually got together with her three weeks before. Oh God! The, yeah. Now that's so all you're rumors just by the way. This. Yeah, this is all rumors. <laughs> I'm not saying this. So, uh, Rory, I still love you. <laughs> Just in case you're listening, <laughs> which you promised you would. <laughs> anyway, um, showed up. He was he was with her there at the Irish Open. Erica Stahl. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, girl, very high up in the PGA as well. Um, yeah, listen, it has to be good for him. If it makes him happy, then hey, uh, listen. If he's happy off, the, yes, he said yeah, if he's exactly. happy off the course, he'd be happy on the course. Yeah. Uh, wasn't too happy this week. Uh, Adam Scott has hired Steve Williams. He wasn't too happy with the way his relationship was going with his caddy. Um, has persuaded Steve to come back back out with them for a few events and see how they get on. Uh, let's go on to let's go down to last week's events because we really want do want to talk about the Irish Open. And um, quickly going through the Shoprite LPGA Classic was won by Alan Orkvist. The Byron Nelson Classic was won by Stephen Bowditch. Bowditch, yeah, um, who this is his. Second win in a couple of years now, I think. But he was really impressive in the final round. Like a 64, just went out and just took care of it. Yeah. everyone away. It was, re- I it was like it. Anne. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Just very impressive final round performances going in. I mean, the thing, the thing was, like, he... 
he de- he's dealt with like severe depression before and he was asked like you know how do you deal with the final day pressure and he goes oh according to you dealt with I've dealt with this is grand you know you just get yeah. on with it so it's a refreshing way to just approach it like he's just like I'm just going to play golf and oh my god did he play a great round of golf went yeah. out there a um, couple of little wobble early on in the final round but finished with four birdies on the back nine and uh, final round 64 took it by four shots from Charlie Hoffman in the end I mean got, there was a time when the lads were firing in birdies and trying to get close to him but ultimately yeah he just grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and said nope I'm, I'm taking, taking this home. Yeah, the shot on 17 now was the part 3 was a little bit funny because he pushed it and he thought it might have been in the water and uh, it landed you know literally cleared the water by a yard on the most extreme right side of the green and then just left him a birdie put which, which he ended up converting you know but see that's you know that's you convert your luck you know yeah. that kind of way so um, somebody else who was lucky last week Dustin Johnson had that did he have an albatross or a hole in one I mean, oh. or was it a hole in one albatross or a hole in one eagle like or well Twitter was a light yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the Twitter guru uh, Twitter was a light there with the fact that on the Friday uh, obviously, there was the 14th hole. The 14th, yeah, yeah. They shortened the 14th hole due to overnight rain on the Thursday because the fairway was unplayable. They've had apocalyptic amounts of rain in Texas yeah. for the last few weeks. Now. So it went from being a par 4 to a par 3. Or did it? Mm. Is the question that was all asked because up steps DJ and puts it in the hole from 120 yards uh, for a hole in one on the par 3 or 4. Yeah. So people were like, did Dustin Johnson just have a hole in one and a par four? Or did he have a hole in one and a par three? It was uncertain at the time, but mm. obviously it turned out later on that the par of the course went down by a shot and it went from being a par four to a par three. So Justin Johnson got a hole in one, which fair play to him. It was a lovely yeah. shot. It was just, it's interesting they actually changed the par, but it's probably just to maintain or preserve scoring records, I guess, because you've shortened the hole by two, three, you know, 240 yards, 240 yeah. yards. Like, so it was probably just to preserve the scoring backwards because you changed the entire character of the course rather than just playing it from a, quote, forward tee. Yeah, well, see, that was the whole controversy was the fact that they played it from a forward tee and then, like, unofficially it was a par four. You know, the kind of way, so they didn't... Officially it's a par four, but unofficially it's a par three. Par three. Yeah, it's yeah just, so it was a little bit odd at the time. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they were expecting maybe people to get birdies, you know, the kind of way... Yeah, um, it's pars. So anyway, it turned out that they obviously changed the par of the course mm. uh, to reflect it. So he only got a hole-in-one on a par three rather than um, an albatross on a, a par four. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. anyway, moving on to the one where you want to talk about the Irish Open. Um... This was an absolute bruise of a golf event. Five, oh. five players are finishing under par. Um, you gotta love that. I do anyway. I think a, I think a national open should be really difficult to win, and par is the target. Oh yeah, yeah. And the guys, many players left to like a good few under par at various stages of the tournament, oh, and just yeah. got crushed and swept away by the wind up in Royal County Down. You know, Patrick Harrington got to seven under at one stage, and then just went. All the way flying down the leaderboard, finished a number of shots over par. Uh, but you can see it got to him. Like, ten you know, shots over par. Like he, uh, even in his interview afterwards, like because he missed a he missed an eagle putt on the 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 twelfth, I think it was, mm. and he got the birdie. But you could see his his body. He was only like 10, 10 foot, twelve foot away from getting eagle. And he missed it. And all of a sudden, his shoulders went from being up to, like, slouched. Mm. And then he went and bogey, double bogey, bogey in the space of the next three holes. Yeah. Looking away. 
and it changed the course of it like and you could see in his interview afterwards he was just really really depressed by the whole thing um, but that meant that he could have finished 8 under and been 4 shots ahead Yeah. in yeah. the end he finished 2 under and was 2 shots behind it was it was a crushing blow and I think there are dozens of stories like that this week yeah. like Lowry was very unfortunate a couple of times you know he double bogey bogey from nowhere in the space of 2 holes yeah. and, um, and a slightly bent putter that he couldn't use anymore yeah, which was actually quite amusing on the Friday to see him um, chipping the ball into the hole. On yeah, using the yeah, blading it with the wedge. He actually got a lovely birdie on uh, one of the holes. Um, I was up there, sorry, just for people, you know, I went up there um, on Saturday and I was one of the lucky people who went up to the Irish Open and somehow didn't get wet. Miracle. Miracle. 12,000 to one. Probably 26 12, million yeah, to one. 26 there. million to one there. Um, I went up now myself and a friend of mine went up now my whole thing about golf is I don't like walking around in crowds mm. like, I don't really like it you know um, the beauty of um, the golf uh, when I was up there on the Saturday was the fact that uh, if you got up there early enough you were able to float around the golf course and you were literally beside these players yeah um, there was they were chatting away well some of them were the people who were on the lesser because we got up there at 8 o'clock and we like, literally wandered around looking at Lowry McGinley um, Larry was playing with um, Tung Jai Jai D mm-hmm. um, um, McGinley was playing with Lee Slattery and then all of a sudden you had this other lovely group of players three in a row where you had Miguel yeah. and Gil Jimenez Andy Sullivan who I love mm-hmm. I just, he's just such a cheeky chappy you know he's he's always has a smile on his face yeah, and yeah. then straight after him you had Ernie Els you cool. know so there was that moment where you could just fire ahead three holes and watch them all coming through yeah, yeah, and then yeah. skip on to another three holes um, the Royal County Down Golf Course was just phenomenal. Um, I love going up and seeing the course because it gives you a better indication of of listening to the commentators. Well, Did you get the little radio? No, to no, to no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't even that. But it was just when you're watching it, let's say on the Thursday and the Friday, and you're listening to Paul McGinley commentating, and he's turning around going, "I can tell you now, guys, that literally he's got a four yard avenue to hit that ball in." Yeah, you're kind of going, "Really? Like yeah. it's twenty yards, thirty yards." But when you get down, when you're actually watching them hitting it, mm. it was just a totally different world. Like, they were hitting shots, blind shots, like every kind of shots. They With the wind, they were hitting the ball out 40 yards to the right to bring yeah. it in. Wow. You know, it was it was a totally different ball game. But yeah, we left, like, you know, we so we got up there at 8 and we followed these guys around, had a walk around the golf course. And at about 2 o'clock then, we kind of went over to the tented village, kind of had a mess around on the simulator, mm-hmm. uh, the driving simulator inside, which you could win a competition. Uh, it was free it, free to enter, like Beat the Pro, I think it was called. Um, and then we decided we'd go back out and we we watched Harrington, Luke Donald, and what's his name? Solskjaer? Solskjaer? Who's Soren Kjelsen, the winner? Kjelsen. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, they're going to Solskjaer, the super Soulman United. United. He was playing in the Pro-Am. <laughs> no, so we kind of wand- we wandered down to the tenth hole and watched them coming through. And I literally turned around and said, "The crowds were getting too big at that stage. Yeah. You were, you know, you weren't getting anywhere near the green, um, and it just wasn't. It doesn't help that you're not taller than the average man either. You know, I, look, but I mean, I'm tall enough that that you know, you're you're st- no matter what, you're still struggling with all these different people. And it takes so long to get from one place to the next unless you're happy to just camp in one spot. Well, that's it. You know. Uh, well, no, the, and the beauty of Royal County Down is that it's all on... The dunes are slopes, quite... The dunes. Yeah, so I'm Yeah, like. which was brilliant. Like, yeah. you know, so there was earlier on and like we, we positioned ourselves on a couple of spots where, you know, you could actually, let's say, watch the 6th green, the 7th tee, the 8th, you know. Oh, there was brilliant. a few different spots around the golf course that you could actually watch mm. three or four different things. 
which was great. Um, but the everything was brilliant. The, you know, from an organisational point of view, like we went, we drove up, and then we got the park and walk. So yeah. it's free car parking. You just walk up. It took us ten minutes to get to the golf course. That's very good. Uh, there was a park and ride somewhere else, but we didn't obviously use mm-hmm. that. Um, again, free, I believe. Um, the the only thing that bothered me was the fact that I, I'm 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 a bit of a, a bit of a demon for Coke, as in uh, Coca Cola. Yeah, and they they, and they had weren't the... allowed to bring cans. I only drink Coke out of cans. Okay, and on the they were searching bags for people going in. Um, so you're allowed to bring a bottle when I can? Yeah, like I had a bo- big bottle of water and they didn't take the water off me but they took the cans. Now whether that's to do with the environment, um, whether mm. it's to do with the danger or... I'm telling you, and you're probably, I'm probably going, where this is going, they don't sell Coke on site. No. Was it Pepsi? I don't know what it was. I didn't go near anything, oh, you know. Okay. But yeah, like the golf course itself was phenomenal. The The organisation was very, very good. Um, the the maneuverability around the golf course was very very good. Was it? Yeah, as a uh, yeah. you just nip. You can nip and tuck. Now the okay. way, obviously, uh, once you go out, let's say past twelve, the twelfth hole, mm. you're following around the golf course. Like, okay, you're you about twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, right. eighteen, all the way home. Yes, but around the front, you know, so you go one, two, three, then you're going four, five, but then all in around that area, there's little nip and tuck areas great. that you can just dip in and out. And I must say, it was great to see the golf course. It was great to see the pros playing um, in those conditions. How, okay, how strong? Like, you know the way the wind doesn't always translate to TV. And they have like the anemometer on the screen showing like it going between twelve miles an hour and thirty-five miles an hour times. Like in terms of was it was it really brutal? Okay, another thing when you're inland, let's say around the fourteenth, fifteenth, we were kind of sheltered by the dunes. Okay, so it was actually lovely. You know, yeah, yeah. there was a warmth there that you you know. Now when the ball goes up in the air, it's obviously different. Mm-hmm. But I tell you that at one stage we were kind of watching uh, Ernie Els, myself and my mate got into a great position right beside the second tee box on the right hand side. So we were right on the coast, mm-hmm. looking. You know, we were nearly on the beach. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Big, big, the big easy came up and he was playing with Francesco Molinari and this is I'll come back to the swing tempo you know the, this is the mm. big thing like you know and I remember the wind was so bad that I actually had to hold on to the the this the, the, the boards the, the boards the yeah no so as I didn't fall into the wow. the sea so the, it, it was, was with them like the wind was with them but it was with them from the right but it was it was strong. Like, yeah, it's you know, hard to hold your balance in a golf swing. Yeah, yeah. Let alone just standing there. Okay, yeah. so it was, it was, it was brutal, brutal yeah. you know. But as I said, that was out by the sea, you know. Mm. The so first hole, second hole, third hole, fourth hole, you know, uh, fifth hole. You're really kind of struggling with it. But then you come around the other side of the golf course. It was a little bit. It wasn't as bad, but it was still there. Yeah, it gets broken up by the dunes a bit. Exactly, yeah, you know. Yes. But once, as you say, once you put the ball up in the air, it's gonna, it's gonna take it. Um, and were the guys flighting the ball down a bit? Like, were in general, were they hitting lower? Did they just not give a hoot? They just fired is, it up there and let it ride the wind. That was that was the beautiful thing about it is like you know we stand up on the tee and we're hitting into the wind and you know a, a, a guy at the golf club always told me from the beginning he was like when it's breezy swing easy. Mm. Oh man, when these guys were hitting the golf ball, they were just hitting it so easy. It was like the wind wasn't there. Yeah, what I mean by that is that they were hitting it as if the wind wasn't there. Yeah, they weren't trying to compensate for the wind. No. By they were aiming their golf ball and they were just going, okay, the wind is going to have an effect and it's going to bring it, let's say, 10 yards mm-hmm. from the right or it's going to bring it 10 yards from the left. Um, now, sometimes they made mistakes, obviously, you know. They're only human. They're only human. Um, but, like, I remember standing up on the 17th tee 
and that the seventeen T was so and I mean like I was literally from here to me to you mm. away from Lowry and Tung Chai Jai. Did the security stop you before you hit the tee shot today? No, yeah. no, they let me go. They let me <laughs> that was nice. They said let him fly. <laughs> but like oh, the, there was a big, big wind into them. Mm. You know, big wind. And uh I remember watching him and like Lowry and JD just hit two magnificent golf shots down the middle of the fairway. Now, the funny thing about this is the day before the wind was the other way, right? So the yeah. 17T was the one where the po- you know, the ponds, the ponds in the middle of the, the fairway. Of the fairway, right? So there was, on Thursday and Friday, there was guys laying up. Yeah, they're eating three wood and five wood yeah. You know, just to get up to the pond. Yeah. Lowry and JD, like, hit driver and we're still well short 40 yards short of the pond. Right. So I think the pond was about 295 300 yeah. from the so they were in drive 260 yeah yeah so but I mean they were hitting them and they were hitting them full out but what I was the, the, it was the tempo it's just just yeah, smooth it's amazing they didn't try and hit the ball hard you know the way they just stayed to their same tempo and mm-hmm. that's what makes them professionals and us amateurs no, it's one of the one of the beautiful things. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, you know that it's it's all about remembering the conditions. Themselves. Yeah, they don't let the conditions dictate yeah. their swing. Yeah, but we had a great day up there, and uh, one actually the the the, the funniest things was uh, when we were walking out. I know time wise, I'll just make this quick, um, but we were coming back towards the park and ride or the park and walk through the town. We had to come all the way through the town, pretty much mm-hmm. back to the outskirts. A lovely walk, because we didn't get wet. <laughs> you know, if it was raining, it might have been a horrible yeah, walk. The Irish Open will do well to hire you next year. Anytime you were there, it was raining. Yeah, so I know, yeah. yeah. And uh, when we were walking back, I don't know if anyone else who was up there would have spotted this, but um, nearly towards the, end, the other end of the town, they were having a kind of a little mini town festival, right? And they had a band playing, they had puppet shows and whatnot. But there was this beautiful little uh, island golf shot oh cool nice right? yeah it was nice. about maybe 60 70 yards it was they were trying to raise a few quid for charity so this is in the middle of buildings with windows and they're hitting proper hard full golf balls well it was a like it was out in a little lake and okay in right. the lake kind so of there's nobody you could kill well yeah. i'm sure you could yeah. you know that kind of way but One it was like lads in his rowboat there was like pedalos and stuff like that you know okay. out there but they weren't on they weren't using them at the time <laughs> yeah, but it was, about, it was about 50 yards of a shot and the, it was tough conditions but they had like it wasn't like they had like a little platform and they had two flags on it but the funny thing was that they had a, um, a washing machine oh like the, the Rory McIlroy thing, thing right yeah, yeah. so obviously the goal was to get it onto the island if you could get it into one of the holes or if you could get into the washing machine mm. was the, for the big prize now everyone was wondering what the big prize was but they weren't telling anyone because it was for charity you know the Kanoe, yeah. it may have been a, 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 a thing of golf balls you know the Kanoe, it was sure, a pound yeah. or something like that for three golf balls so myself and my mate went up and this is all just banter for us mm-hmm. like you know the Kanoe, actually there was when, when we arrived at it I saw a lot of kids doing it and I said well I'm not doing it unless I see an adult yeah. having a go because I don't want this to be a kids thing so and um, we got up there and uh, my claim to fame is that I got it onto the island uh, for one of my shots Good stuff. Uh, out of the three. Nice. I tried to go right under it at uh, one of them. I completely opened up the face of the club and tried to really just scoop it up in the air for my third shot, getting yeah. a little bit cocky. Oh yeah, why not? And I nearly actually hit it over the lake because I bladed it so badly. There was, <laughs> was a lady standing behind me going, she actually said it beforehand. She went, by the way, my house is actually just across that lake. Oh. So don't hit it over there. Well, of course you're going to hit miss hit it then. When but no, like it was like I was trying to remember. I was messing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, I had a great day and uh, really good. Like I thought it was really well organized and really good fun. It was a pleasure to see those guys playing golf. Like I mean, mm. I didn't hang around to watch the you know um, the leaders and whatnot. 
um, really kind of getting through on the Saturday. But, uh, but I really enjoyed like seeing McGinley. McGinley was having crack with the crowd. Um, he was really kind of getting into it. And unfortunately, he had to withdraw on Sunday because of a back problem. Mm. But like he was just a pleasure to kind of follow around because he was enjoying it. You know, the kind of way it's like he's in his heyday, like he's in the the you know the after years now you know the kind of way and he's out there having a bit of fun I think yeah he's enjoying it. and it, it seems like himself and Darren Clark were saying they were it was always a great week a huge success and it seems like it started a bit of a momentum ball rolling towards you know there's talk of maybe having a link swing now yeah. in Europe which is great I, um, I've kind of been going on about that for a long time yeah, for yeah. anyone who's listened to the show and I'd be over the moon to see it it'd be great for the Irish Open it just builds the profile even more and more um. So it's, but they're it's also overall, overall it seems like a big, big success. You know, yeah. Rory's going to be here for a few years as the host as well. This could be. Well, it's going to go strength to strength. You know, the Kanoi. And the one, um, obviously, you've got a lot of golfers now coming out, and there's now the big question about the the WGCs, uh, the World Golf Championships. Do they go international? Well, yeah. Like there all seems to be like there's three in America and mm. one in China. You know, yeah, the Kanoi, which yeah. is great for China, but like they're not World Golf Championships when you talk about yeah, like that. it's like the majors. There's three majors in America. There's um, yeah. one in in Europe, which happens to be in Britain, you know, the kind of way, mm. or UK or whatever. So they're, you know, we're really looking at now McElroy and a few of those boys really trying to get in on the European tour, raising the the high, the, the profile of these competitions. Yeah. And like the world has to take note that this competition, the Irish Open took place and the leading score was two under. Mm-hmm. It was, br- it was That's major brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Actually, speaking of scores, we might actually talk about the guy. Oh, the guy yeah, sorry, the guy who won it, yeah. So, um, quick rundown of the top ten. We won't do all the ties of ten, but there was a good few guys there on plus two and like half a dozen. Um, Max Kiefer and Matthew Fitzpatrick were plus one. Andy Sullivan and Danny Willett were par for the tournament. Rafa Cabrera, Cabrera Bello and Tyrrell Hatton were one under for the tournament. And the three guys that got into playoff were Bernd Wiesberger, Eddie Pepperell and Soren Kjelsen. So uh, there were many different ways to get about these things on Sunday. Danny Willett shot, uh, I think, the best round of the day at the three under par, and it was tough on Sunday. The oh, average yeah. score was way, 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 way above par. You know, Soren Kjeldsen shot 76 to make it into the playoff. Uh, Eddie Pepperell <laughs> shot a 69 with no bogeys on the day, which has got to be one of the more impressive But that was rounds. the best round of the day because there was no bogeys. Well, yeah, actually, I mean, Danny Willett had a whole host of them and had a chip in. Either, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think I think you're dead right in that. Probably one of the most impressive rounds you'll see on the tour of the season. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't get a win for it. And um, Brent Wiesberger, it seemed to he was like a, he went he had a run of five bogeys in six holes, and looked for all the world mentally completely out of it, yeah. and then had three birdies and a bogey in his last eight holes to get into the playoff. So. It was it was a brute of a day, like really testing mentally. Um, it was so a brute of a four day. Four day, yeah. The Saturday was nice. Saturday gave up some good scores. You know? Yeah, that was the day I was up there. Yeah, nice and dry. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> they tell you they should hire you. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, rent you out next year for some good weather for the Irish Open. You know, Max Kiefer had a sixty-five on the Sunday and got himself into great. Pos- oh, sorry, on the Saturday, Saturday yeah, and was putting yeah. himself. There was a lot of guys that put themselves in a great position going but into sure. Sunday. Richie Ramsey had a seventy-seven final day. Max Kiefer had a seventy-seven. Sorry, we have to mention Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler with his unbelievably crazy finish was it eight, the, eight. Yeah, yeah. What did he lose? Five shots. Well, it was a triple and a quadruple, seven shots. Yeah, and he finished nine shots off the total. Yeah. He was there, thereabouts, up yeah. until that, because he was level par, floating around that for the couple of rounds, and um, then all of a sudden he went triple bogey, quadruple bogey. 
on the last two holes or quad triple yeah yeah or quad triple whatever I can't remember exactly oh the the last hole is a par five Um, but it just goes to show that like you know even the pros when they take their mind off it for a minute yeah they're gone and Lynx Golf can be a real scorpion like it can just just destroy you out of from nowhere you know yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't the one thing I'll like, say I'm nearly home and hose and then gone game over yeah. yeah the one thing I'll say is that you know and this is one thing that I've you know listening to Radar oh he's great he is phenomenal right and as I said I was up there and I got to see it on the Saturday so see the golf course see the greens right the mm. greens were just ridiculous they were dome shaped in a lot of scenarios right yeah in, like I remember watching a guy hitting a ball from the middle of the fairway and it landed 10 foot short of the flag and we were all going this is amazing mm. and it's off the back just keep going kept just kept going. going couldn't stop you know the kind of way um, but I remember one uh, the time Larry had his uh, double bogey mm-hmm. on the Saturday the, the Friday right um, I can't remember what hole it was but I just remember Radar turning around and going you know now I think uh, Larry is pretty uh pretty screwed here you know to to be fair you know he's got a tough chip you know and like the whole thing about it was he had it down to millimeters mm-hmm. about what larry could do right yeah. so larry we wasn't in a bad spot but he said if he hits this here and he was pointing out kind of greens yeah. it's gone off the other side wow you know he said if he hits it here it's good it'll be 10 foot short but that's the good shot here right mm-hmm. all of a sudden larry hits a good chip something that we would be proud of mm. lands it on where radar said and it was off the other side of the green. Wow. Then couldn't get it up from the, the dip that he was in. You know, and that's... Radar is na- is calling these shots. Oh, the he, kind of way. He's so insightful. He just oh. has it. And he's, I could listen to him all day. All day. You know, he's brilliant. Like, you know, and also he has got the Australian accent, which yeah. makes it even funnier to listen to. <laughs> and he loves going on about his weather. You know, but he's got great metaphors he throws oh, in there. I'm not yeah. even gonna try paint or whatever. It's it's just in the moment, and he he does 99 times out of 100, he nails it and just oh, yeah, makes yeah. it such a great experience to watch. And I loved watching it. I thought it was great seeing Lynx golf. Let's have loads more of it. Oh, seems, brilliant! Yeah. It seems out there that on the whole it was a big success. Rory, I guess we kind of expected him to have a little bit distracted this week, and yeah, he had that terrible first round 80 these things happen he bounced back the next day and had a, a reasonably good uh, Friday and to, there was moments when we thought he was actually going to make the cut until yeah. he double bogey 15 yeah and he could, yeah he had there was there was a chance there for him he didn't really have the putter with him um, 21 holes to get a birdie I, I think if you ask him now what did you think of last week was it, was it a success he'll say absolutely oh yeah you know and the lovely thing about it was and I don't know if you noted this uh, it was something that someone said to me was that when Rory McIlroy played his first professional round of golf, who did he play with? Kelsky or whoever won it. Kelson. Oh, Kelson. Right. Yeah, so Rory Kelson. McElroy's first professional round of golf was played with Kelson. Who won this? And then, whatever, six years later or whatever, McIlroy's handing him the Irish Open trophy. Okay, nice little It was a lovely little circle. circle of, yeah, it was very, very nice for both of them. Like, yeah. you know, ah, that's just a, a stupid trivia thing, like, you know, that someone mentioned. Uh, but it was nice for the two of them. Lovely for McElroy, and uh, it was a great week, a great weekend overall for everyone. I believe involved that mm. people were raving about the golf course. They were raving about the competition. It can only be good for Irish golf. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and yeah, um, bring it back more links golf. You know, maybe in twenty nineteen when the Port Rush, World Port Rush is hosting the Open Championship, we might get a, another links golf course up in the north to have them in close proximity to each other. Yeah, you know the events. Within a couple of weeks, it would yeah, be yeah. great. It'd be brilliant, yeah. Um, anyway, listen, moving forward to next week, the Manu Life LPJ Classic is on in 
Whistlebear Golf Club, Cambridge, Ontario, Canada. Inby Park defends. Uh, this is where she shot a final LPGA final round record low of 10.61 last year to win. Wow. The Nordea Masters is at uh, PGA Sweden National in Malmo, in Malmo in Sweden. This is kind of a linksy golf course as well. In, yeah. In, in a way, it's got uh, kind of reminds me of Druid's Heath almost. Or something like the Montgomery out in Carton House. You know, Two golf courses I've never played. Okay, right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you just take me at my word. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah. I'm here nodding away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Stenson is back supporting his home uh, open. Absolutely. As are a huge amount of uh, Swedish and Scandinavians. Yeah, playing yeah. Up they there. really do support that competition. They do very well. Same uh, as the Irish, I suppose. Absolutely, absolutely. Tong Chai Jai Di defends on who he had a reasonably good week last week. He finished and tied for 10th. A great guy to watch playing golf. His attitude was... Sorry, I really? we're going back to... Oh, yeah, yeah. he's a lovely, lovely guy to watch golf. Uh, he was having so much fun with Larry on the day. They were, like, even when they were waiting on the tees, they were, like, messing around with each other's wedges just to... You know, it was like us. Yeah, yeah. You okay. know, standing on a tee box. Like, what do pros do when they're standing on the tee box when they're not on the TV? They are us. They are us. Yeah. They're having a laugh. They're chatting. They're joking. Um, even though there may be, like, language barriers. But uh, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Okay, seems that way anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he seems to have a really nice, chilled out demeanor on the golf yeah, course, yeah. and kind of just, I'd say, yeah, that kind of helps him play good of golf. Course. He's been on a great one of golf recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this week, the odds for the Nordea Masters: Henrik Stenson leads the market at seven to two. Alexander Norin and Jo Slaudner eighteen to one. Eddie Peppel is twenty to one after his great performance last week. JD is twenty two to one. Alexander Levy is twenty five to one. As are Rafa Cabrera Bayo and Emiliano Grillo. Soren Kjeldsen, last week's winner, is thirty to one, and then they rested the field of thirty three to one and out. You know, Lucas Bjerregard and Thomas Bjorn, a couple of Scandinavians there, uh, lurking around. Looking forward to watching this. It's a nice golf course there in Sweden. It's local time for Europe. It's yeah. a little bit of a links kind of feel to it. Uh, yeah, let's bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, a bit more Sunday afternoon, chilling out on the couch, watching the golf. Yeah, oh, it's lovely, yeah. And then straight into Sunday evening, which is at a, in Dublin, but not Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, oh, yeah. Dublin, Ohio, from Muirfield Village. It's the Memorial Tournament presented by Nationwide, but more importantly, presented by Jack Nicholas. Yeah. This is Jack's, this is Jack's week. So let's look at the market. Uh, Jordan Speed leads at seven to one. Dustin Johnson's fourteen to one. Good, good odds for somebody who made a lot of birdies and just had a couple of whoopsies last week. You know, he's playing. He's still playing great at the moment. Yeah, just because out the mistakes. Yeah, just because he's not winning doesn't mean he's not playing great golf. Oh no, like he's got there. every chance. You know, he's he's one to watch. Uh, Matsuyama defending sixteen to one. Justin Rose, good value at eighteen to one, yeah. perhaps on a ball strikers course. It seems either. The kind of place you think Justin should really be contending, and he's due a win. You know, the kind of like he's been there, thereabouts. Feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah, Feels something's coming or lurking in the background. Uh, Jim Furyk's twenty-two to one, as is Matt Kuchar. Ricky Fowler, first time back in play since the Players Championship win. He's twenty-five to one, and the two, I guess, old boys at this stage, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, are twenty-eight to one. Like a, old dish can old dish. these young guns, you know. Oh well, what like me, Phil is what forty five? Yeah, uh, or is he even that? And I think what, so, yeah. thirty nine forty for a tiger? Exactly. Yeah, Jason Day and Bill Haas are thirty to one. Uh, Jason Day back in action this week. He withdrew last week due to extreme dizziness in the yeah, pro. Yeah, that was a bit frightening, wasn't it? Uh, that's not good. You don't need that. You don't need vertigo no. over the golf ball or dizziness. It's, it's not helpful at all. So hopefully he's got that sorted. 
Chris Kirk is 33-1. to one. Uh, Patrick Reed and Kevin Na are 40-1. to one. Kevin Na came so unbelievably close yeah, there yeah. a couple of weeks back. Um, Billy Horschel, Brooks Kepka, Kevin Kisner are 45-1. to one. Oh, Billy Horschel. Billy Ho. Billy Ho. I feel he's coming back into oh, a bit of form now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like he spent the 10 million. Yeah, I need more money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've Jason Duffner, Justin Thomas, Russell Henley, Ryan Moore, fifty to one, and the rest of the field are out beyond that. So, top quality packed field. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting though, as you were uh, as you were saying to me there before the show that it'll be interesting to see what Ricky Fowler shows up. Mm. You know, if he comes back after um, you know having been the players' champion uh, champion and whatnot, there was a funny comment I think by uh, Bruce Critchley who said that. You know, now he's to, it'll be his first competition back in the in the US after playing the Irish Open, and a lot of the guys will be wondering why aren't you finishing your swing? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep the ball six foot off yeah. the ground. The yeah, 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 yeah. The howling winds. Yeah. So that's a, it. Should be a great competition to watch. And as I say, you know, it was. Uh, I believe there was a thing where McElroy actually um, apologized to Jack Nicklaus to by letter. For not making it. Not making it. Yeah, yeah. Which was a big deal. Jack Nicklaus was like, I was over the moon to receive a letter. People don't write letters anymore. Yeah, it was a real People send text messages. Send text messages yeah. or phone calls or whatever. And it was a real nice, supposedly a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And Jack, because, you know, obviously growing up in that era where there wasn't um, emails and whatnot, mm. but it was a, a touching yeah. gesture. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was a nice, 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 um, nice gesture by Macro, a nice yeah. touch. And you know he'd love to be there playing, but you know, sure, how can he? And I'm sure Jack, under, I'm sure Jack understands exactly what Rory did and and how much it went effort Rory put into getting last week yeah. to be such a success. Only someone who hosts a competition can understand what it takes to host a competition. I believe, yeah, bang on, absolutely. So look, looking forward to it. Um, it's a nice, it's a lovely tournament to watch. I really enjoy it, and hopefully we'll have a very exciting Sunday evening. So. I guess that leaves us. Thanks very much to the listeners for tuning in. Um, keep the emails and tweets coming in. What is that email address? The email address is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com and the Twitter is at podcast GTS. And you can find Will's Twitter on Twitter if you're really hunting. Will no. Griffith 308. Yeah. If you're really desperate. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is, so um, he will reply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, thanks very much, everybody. If you're going out and hitting the golf course, enjoy it. Uh, if not, then enjoy the stuff on TV, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye, huh? Well, goodbye. Bye-bye.